there. It's so good to uh, be with you today. Great to be live preaching as well. And so good to hear from Sam and Saz and hear a little bit about Zimbabwe. It's absolutely brilliant to uh, be going around the world with the children. It's absolutely uh, great. Um, this morning, uh, today, we're going to be continuing um, our preach series, uh, Gospel Good News for Everyday Life, and I'm going to be looking at another major theme um, uh, as we look to uh, work our way uh, through it. I also just want to take this opportunity, it's a bit sneaky, but I think I'm allowed to do it, I just want to say happy birthday, Fred, happy birthday on your 13th, um, love you loads, excellent. So, on we go with the, uh, the preach. Um, about five years ago, um, in Charleston in the United States. It was a Wednesday evening and 12 people had gathered in a small chapel to do a Bible study. A young man by the name of Dylan Roof, um, he, he was only, only 21 years old, he joined them for the first time. And after an hour, he pulled out a handgun and he started shooting. After a few moments, nine people were dead, they'd been murdered, and many of them had been shot multiple times. This is a a horrific uh, story. Um, It leads to so many different questions. You know, why why would a young man do that? Why would he do it to a group of people um, that he, he doesn't even know? But the story doesn't end there. Because within a couple of days, some of the survivors and some family members were publicly forgiving Dylan for what he had done. And if you search online, you can watch some of what they say. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's very, very moving. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is very, very hard. And uh, when we hear stories like that, it provokes us, it stirs us, it challenges us. And today we're going to be taking... 20 minutes to look at the whole subject of forgiveness and in particular reference forgiveness um, from God towards us. But before we go too far, I just want to look at the basics of forgiveness. What, What is forgiveness? Because it's really important that we understand the fundamentals if we're going to apply it well to our lives and we're going to understand what God has done for us. You know, is forgiveness forgetting? Is it just letting someone off the hook? Is it to carry on living in an abusive situation? Does it just mean being a doormat? There's a story in the Bible that Jesus tells um, that's really helpful when it comes to looking at the whole subject of forgiveness. It's in Matthew chapter 18, um, verses 21 through to uh, 35. You may want to read it later. I'm not actually going to read it, but I'm just going to uh, summarise it. There was a guy, an everyday guy, and he worked really, really hard to provide for his family, to do the very best that he could. Um, but he fell on hard times, and he, he made some bad decisions, but some stuff just went wrong as well. Over time, he got into severe debt, and as the years went on, the debt got so big that all he could do was pay like a fraction um, of the interest. He couldn't even think of paying off any of the actual capital, the debt itself. So he borrowed more and more and more and more. And the size of the debt just kept getting bigger. It was ridiculous. It's probably equivalent to about £10 million. I mean, just no way, no way that that I could cover it, probably no way that you could cover it. It affected everything. He was working every minute to try and sort it out. He got depressed. It impacted on his family life. 
And in the end, he came before the person that he owed the money to. He had nowhere else to go. Um, he had no way out. He felt trapped. He expected to lose absolutely everything. And he, he pleaded for more time. Not that more time would really help. He was in such a deep hole, there was no way he would get himself out of it. It was totally hopeless. And then, completely out the blue, this guy that he owed the money to, he cancelled the whole debt. All of it. It just it went in a moment, every single penny of it. He, he couldn't believe it. He came into the room to see this guy thinking he was going to lose everything, and he left the room walking on cloud nine. He walked in with fear and anxiety and desperation. It had plagued him for months and months because he was totally trapped. He came out totally, totally free. His debt had been cleared. His debt had been forgiven. The story in Matthew 18 reflects something of how God has forgiven us. It's absolutely incredible. You see, to forgive is to send away. It's, it talks of debts being totally cancelled. Maybe, maybe you've done something wrong. When you're let off the consequences, that, that's like forgiveness breaking in. The Bible calls the stuff that we get wrong sin. And when the penalty or the offence of sin gets removed, that's what forgiveness is. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. So you may be thinking, okay, I understand a little bit about what forgiveness is, but, but well, why, why, do I, why do I need it? Maybe, maybe you're sat there and you're thinking, well, okay, Dylan Roof, he, he needs forgiveness. He, he certainly doesn't deserve it, but, but, but he needs it. That might be what you're thinking. That might be what you're feeling. But you're thinking, well, I'm not as bad. I'm not, as, I'm not that bad. I might get a few things wrong, but I haven't done anything like that. So I don't need forgiveness. Or maybe you're, you're there thinking, well, actually, no, I'm free to live how I want. No one, including God, has any right to dictate how I live. What's right or wrong? Well, that's defined by me. I'm independent. I make my own rules. And that might be a little bit of what you're, you're feeling. So you think, well, forgiveness isn't, isn't really relevant and certainly not forgiveness from God. The problem is with that way of thinking is that's just not how it is. You may want it to be that way, but, but it isn't that way. There is a God and he's made it all. And he made you as well. At this point in time, he's sustaining all things, even your own life. He, he even decided the times and the places that we would live. I mean, how, how mad is that? Every single one of us. His God and our individual stories are woven into his big story. We're, we're not at all independent. And at some point, every single one of us will stand before him. We will need to give an account for how we've lived our lives. In fact, our very desire for independence, our rejection of God is the root of the problem, the reason we need forgiveness. We're designed to live connected to God, to be in step with him. But the very inclination of our hearts is that we can do it better on our own. And the truth is, when I talk about being out of step with God, I could be saying the problem's like that, but actually the problem is absolutely massive that we've got. It's not just a little problem being out of step with God. It's an absolutely massive one. Let me read something from 
uh, a letter that's in the Bible, a part of the Bible called Romans, that describes something of every human being's problem when it comes to God. Um, and there isn't a lot of uh, room to manoeuvre, so it's in uh, Romans uh, chapter 3. It says this, It is written, No one is right with God, no one at all. No one understands, no one trusts in God, all of them have turned away, they have all become worthless. No one does anything good, no one at all. And then he goes and just picks one area of life, how, how we use our mouths, how we speak. And he says, look, their throats are like open graves, their tongues, they tell lies. The words from their lips are like the poison of a snake. You know, you say something nice to one person, um, but then when they're not around, you speak badly of them. It's like, like poison. Their mouths are full of curses and bitterness. They run quickly to commit murder. And you might think, well, no, I've not, I've not committed murder. But, but come on, all of us, if we're honest, at times we have anger and hatred for those around us. They leave a trail of failure and pain. They do not know the way of peace. They do not have any respect for God. I mean, those first, uh, the first and last phrases, they're pretty damning, aren't they? They have no respect for God. No one is right with God. No one at all. I mean, it doesn't leave us anywhere really to go, does it? Going back to that guy in debt, the 10 million pounds, that's, that's all of us. And you may, be, you may be looking at your neighbour and you may be thinking, well, look, okay, He's got, he's got a £15 million pound debt, or he's got a £20 million pound debt, or he's got a £25 million pound debt. But mine's only £10 million, but we're all in a situation where we can't clear it ourselves. We, we cannot do it on our own. There's another story in the Bible that reflects something um, of forgiveness. It's in Luke 15, verses 11 through to 32, and it's the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to summarise it. I may read a few uh, bits out to you. There was a man, and he had... Um, he had two sons, an older son and a younger son. And the younger son wanted his inheritance and he wanted it now. In a sense, what he's saying is, I want to live life now. I, I want to do it my way. I can do it better on my own. I do not need you about, Dad. That's in a sense. In actual fact, Dad, I'd ra- I was rather you're, you were dead and you gave me my inheritance right now. I mean, massively, massively offensive within a biblical culture, but, but pretty offensive in our culture. Amazingly, the father gave him his share um, of his inheritance and over a period of a few months, he, he packs up everything he's got, he travels to a diff- distant land and he squanders it. He absolutely wastes it. What his father had accumulated over time carefully to give to him as a gift, he, he showed no account for and just, in a sense, threw it away. Absolutely, absolutely atrocious. After it had all gone, the younger brother got in a a right old state. He was in a right mess. And in the end, he ended up doing a, a, a menial job that no one in that land uh, wanted to do. He got so desperate, he couldn't even wait for payday. So he went out the back of the office and just ate scraps out of the bins, leftover packed lunch that no one else wanted. He was absolutely desperate. But at around that point, he came to his senses. And this is what it says in Luke 15, verses 17 through to 20. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants or employees have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and I say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went back to his father. He got to a point of absolute desperation. He'd been at a place where he was wishing his father was dead. He, he wasted his inheritance. He, he absolutely messed it up. Um, but then how does it play out? How does it play out when he goes back to his father? So it says this. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with anger, unforgiveness, hatred. No, no, none of those things. He was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son, he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And it says a little bit further on. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, but he's found. So they began to celebrate. We're like the younger son. We've squandered so much potential of what God has given us trying to live independently from him. We need that coming to our senses moment. We fill our lives with scraps out of the food bins rather than humbly exploring the riches and the wonders of knowing and enjoying a relationship with God. That's what we're called to do. So, so how, how does it work? How does forgiveness work? You know, do we just come to our senses, come back to God and he sort of sweeps it under the carpet and says, hey, hey son, it doesn't really matter? Well, well that's not just, is it? If, if you came before a judge in, in, a, in a court of law and he says, well, I'm just going to let you off. You have done real stuff wrong, but I'm just going to let you off. Where would the justice be in that? In fact, in the Bible, it says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. It's like we work independently from God all our lives. We, we, we work and we work and we work. We earn our wages independent of God. And then we get to the end of our lives. We get our pay packet we open it and what's in it is death. It's separation from God. It's an eternity without him in hell. That's, that's what the Bible says. So how do we get out of this? This is a massive issue. And the Bible says that self-improvement won't cut it. You, you can't earn your way out of that £10 million debt. You just cannot do it. You, you can't. The only way, the only way is Jesus Christ. He came, he lived and died and he's available as my substitute. He's available as your substitute. If you turn to him and ask for forgiveness, he carries your sin on the cross and God's right righteous anger gets poured out on the cross. It, that's where the judgment of sin comes. Jesus paid the price for our sin, for our rebellion, so that, so that I don't have to, so that you don't have to. In the story of the prodigal son, there's that moment where, where the son comes to his senses. I've sinned against heaven and against you. That's, that's what needs to happen to every single one of us. My sin cannot just be swept un, under some cosmic carpet. But Jesus Christ has to pay the price for it. The judgment, the penalty, the wage that I was liable for, Jesus pays for me. And Jesus can pay it for you as well. My sin, your sin, offence being sent away forever. As far as the east is from the west, our debt's being totally cancelled. A debt that I could never pay. 
just just wiped out because Jesus paid it for me. You know, I may have lived a totally independent, rebellious life for decades away from God. You may think I'm too guilty. My debt is too big, but, but you cannot have a debt too big that God cannot forgive, that God cannot cover for you. I am guilty. I've got nowhere else to turn. But Jesus steps in and forgiveness is available in him. And knowing forgiveness is not merely some intellectual exercise. It's an encounter with God. I'm just going to put a quote on the screen. I'm going to read it to you um, by John Piper. Saving faith is not merely believing that you are forgiven. Saving faith means tasting this forgiveness as part of the way God is and experiencing it and him as precious and significant. Forgiveness is to be tasted, it's to be experienced. We're to see it as both precious and significant. So we've looked at um, what forgiveness is. We've looked at why we need it. We've looked at how we can access it. I just want to close now by looking at, well, what difference does it make? Well, firstly, firstly, we have access to God. We have peace with God. The greatest need in any human heart is to have peace with the God who made you. And that is only accessible through what Jesus Christ has done. The second thing is this, we get to experience freedom from guilt, shame and condemnation. You imagine that employee who ran up those massive debts that he could not cover. You know, he experienced guilt, he probably experienced shame, he, 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 fear, all of those things. When, that, when, when the guy who he owed the money to said, the debt has gone, imagine what he experienced. Jesus Christ has carried your guilt, your shame, your condemnation. There's part of the gospel where you get to experience, taste something of it. For the Christian, it has been cancelled. It has been written off. And then forgiveness opens this doorway to incredible blessings as Christians. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. We stand in God's lavish, undeserved mercy every single day. I can sin. I I try not to. I can sin. But I know forgiveness is available from my Father in heaven. I have the Holy Spirit who lives within me. I mean, what joy, what Steve and Joe were talking about earlier. I get to be part of a new family, the church, which is just a wonderful, wonderful joy. And then lastly, what's, what difference does, the, does forgiveness make? It provides a freedom it accesses a command that we are to forgive others. The ultimate test as to whether we've tasted God's forgiveness is fully is, is, is how we forgive others. That doesn't mean that forgiving others is easy or, or, or you can just do it just like that. It, it's hard, incredibly hard. For those, for those Christians who went into that chapel in Charleston five years ago who have forgiven Dylan, the relatives that have forgiven Dylan, that, that's not easy, but there is something of the hope of the gospel that provides hope in forgiving others. When we've tasted forgiveness for ourselves, it makes it much easier for us to forgive others, even if it is still incredibly hard. I'm going to just pray, and then I'm going to be handing over to 
Joe and Janair who are going to uh, lead us through. No, not Joe and Janair. Janair is doing a wonderful job behind the screen at the moment. I'm going to hand over to Joe and Steve who are going to lead us through the bread and wine. Proof that it's live, I guess, eh? So I'm just going to pray. Oh, Father, I thank you so much for the forgiveness that we find in you. I want to pray right now for maybe those that have never tasted forgiveness from you. Would you reveal yourself? Holy Spirit, would you be working? Would you reveal? Would you make the gospel live afresh? I pray for for those of us that have come possibly a thousand times back to the foot of the cross, seeking forgiveness from you. Lord, I ask you that, that they would, as I would, experience the richness, the mercy, the grace of the forgiveness that's found in you. And I pray for those of us right now that are battling just with a bit of unforgiveness in our hearts. We, we know there's people we've got to forgive and we are struggling to do so. I ask for a stirring of faith, a shaking, an awakening of love. We ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Steve and Joe are going to just join you in a few moments' time.